Hey everybody, it's Danny. I want to say thank you for tuning in to the Heartway Podcast. And I want to give a special thanks to those of you who are tuning in from really all over the world. We're so grateful that you are a part of our community and that you listen in on an ongoing basis. If you've been encouraged by what you've heard, I want to ask you to share this with a friend. You never know the impact that one of these messages can have in another person's life. And if you yourself have been impacted and you'd like to continue to partner with us to keep this work going, Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. Hello. How is everyone? Good. So beautiful seeing you today. Happy New Year. (laughs) How is everyone feeling? What are your New Year's goals? Give me a word. I love a word. Love, alignment. You are in alignment. Discipline, confidence. Rest, yes. Healing, prosperity. Abundance, courage, courageous. Mine is to slow down. I even realized in worship today, the last song, Honey in the Rock, it's a faster song, uh, but they slowed it down a little bit, I think. That's how I felt. And <laughs> or maybe I'm just like taking everything I'm saying into account. <laughs> um, but I was like, you know, waiting for it to pick up, and I'm like, wait, no, slow down. And um, I just realized with myself, you know, and I think maybe as a society, you know, we try to do so much. We wake up from the moment we wake up. We have a list of things that we need to get done. We want to check all these boxes off to make us feel abundant and prosperous and and like we have purpose you know but when we slow down and we pause we realize how fast we're really going so the movement is in slowing down and honoring where you are you don't have to check all these things off your uh, all these boxes off your list to feel worthy to feel like you're doing something to feel like you're really involved in your purpose you are purposeful as you are and so today I just want us to slow down slow everything down at the end of this guided meditation I want you to feel all parts of your body I want you to feel how purposeful you are in this moment when you slow everything down and when you do that you realize how much you actually get done You realize how beautiful it is just to be in the present moment, involved in all parts of the present moment. And when we slow down, I also feel like that's allowing God, allowing us to hear what God has to say, allowing us to feel what God wants us to feel, allowing us to feel the feelings that we sometimes run away from because we're afraid of them, we're afraid of the thought, we're afraid of our own inner voice, but when we slow down, we realize the message that's behind it, the grace that we can give ourselves is found when we slow everything down. And I ask that you plant your feet on the ground, I mean, I don't know where else they would be, (laughs) gently place your hands on your lap up if you're willing to receive today down on your lap palms down if you need some grounding energy from the earth or from your own magnificent being relax your shoulders just let them drop Imagine weights on your shoulders, just pushing them down. Allow gravity 
to do its job, just holding you down. Feel as your spine erects itself, sit up straight and tall. Connect your crown to the sky, to heaven. Connect your feet to the earth. You are the beautiful being that resonates between heaven and earth. Relax your forehead, your eyebrows. Unclench your jaw. Remove the tongue from the top of your mouth, the roof of your mouth. Feel your heartbeat. Feel your lungs as they expand and gently collapse. your belly to rise. Feel as your belly rises and contracts into the spine. Feel your legs as they support your entire being. Focus on your knees, your shins, and your feet. And I want you to imagine a beautiful bright light. Give it a color as it shoots up through your feet, through your entire body, all the way to the crown of your head. And allow it to flow all the way back down. Allow this to flow with your breath all the way up through your feet, through your knees. This healing light flows through your body, heals all parts of you, mind, body, heart, soul, all the way to your heart, your throat, your face, your crown, all the way back down. Send this beautiful healing light all the way through your body. Don't miss a cell to every single tissue, to every single organ. This is the year of abundant health and healing and using our vision, our minds, our thoughts to heal ourselves from the inside out. You are a powerful, powerful, abundant being. Don't you forget. And we, re we release. A deep inhale through the nose at your own pace. Feel your lungs expand. Feel how expansive you are. Beautiful. When you're ready, you release. When you inhale, I want you to inhale your vision, that vision that you have for yourself this year. Inhale it. Believe it. Dream it. Envision it. Step into it. Taste it. Smell it. Hear it. What are you doing? Who are you with? And you let go of anything that's standing in the way of that. Let go. Beautiful. And together we inhale for three seconds. Three, two, one. We hold it. We let go. Find stillness. Give yourself grace. 
feel what you need to feel. And we honor it. And we affirm, I am magnificent. And I am capable of all that I envision. And we breathe in for three, two, one, and we hold it at our third eye. That white light, send it through your entire body as you let go, let go. Send it all the way down to your feet. Connect with the earth. Ask her what message she has for you today. And when you breathe in, you breathe in one more time, that beautiful bright light. Feel your lungs expanding. And we gently just let it go. every single cell of your being, drop your shoulders, relax your eyebrows, your forehead and your jaw, remove the tongue from the roof of your mouth, roll your neck if you need, and find stillness, find the answer, it is already within you. Send love to yourself. Affirm to yourself how strong you are, how beautiful you are, how abundant you are, how capable you are, how purposeful you are just for being here for being alive, for waking up today. Your purpose is already done. I thank you for being here. And send love to someone in your life, anyone. Send that healing energy out to the beautiful world that we live in. And then send that love back into your heart And as you inhale, I just want you to inhale something you're grateful for. And find stillness. Beautiful. Roll out your wrist, your ankles, your necks. Come back home into your body. Stretch if you need to. <sighs> Thank you so much for your energy. I love you. I am you and you are me. Mm, and when you're ready, you may open your eyes. Amen. Mm, Thank you. What's up, everybody? 2023. Kind of crazy, right? Nowhere else I would rather be than literally right here on the first day of the year. You know, when things are going good, people don't be thinking about God and church and nothing like that. But as soon as crisis comes, every, atheists are praying to God, the God they don't believe in. You know, but if we wait till that moment when crisis comes to begin crying out, of course, God meets us there. But we aren't as equipped as we could be to handle the challenges that life presents us with. And so just creating a rhythm where you consistently participate in something like the spiritual community and getting your spiritual tanks filled up does so much for your soul. 
And it helps you to be prepared when you're walking through that valley. And I don't know if you all have these same sentiments, but I know for me, moving into this new year, and it happens every year, I'm just like, wow, time flies. How did we get here? I've already heard several people saying that. Like, what in the world, 2023? The robots are about to take over. This is crazy. I've been seeing so many things about that, like AI is taking over. I'm like, geez, man. Crazy times, crazy times. But life happens very quickly. And something that I've become increasingly aware of is that adversity also comes very quickly too. When you've been through enough stuff, when you've suffered loss, you start to recognize that no one is exempt from suffering. And you also start to recognize that sometimes life does not live up to our own criteria and standard of fairness. And that's a hard pill for us to swallow. I can't tell you how many folks in the last three weeks I have heard tell me, Danny, it was from one moment to the next. Everything was fine. My baby girl was fine. And then from one day to the next, we're here in the hospital and she's fighting for her life. It's always from one moment to the next. You're just cruising along, everything's good, and then boom, something hits. We don't expect it. And we can respond to the reality of life's fragility, because that's what it is. Life is so fragile. We can respond to this reality of life's fragility either fearfully, ignorantly, or gratefully. To respond with fear means you hold back. You don't take risks. You're assuming the worst about the future because you've already seen so much trouble. You've already been through so much pain that you automatically are projecting that now into the future and it keeps you from enjoying what's in front of you right now. To respond ignorantly means you don't think that stuff can never really happen to you. You're aware of life's fragility. You've heard other people's stories, but eh, you don't think that stuff will happen to you. And so you become very short-sighted. You know, you don't, you think that you're above these kind of things. And that's when life really tends to surprise you. But then we also have the opportunity to respond gratefully. And that means that even though we understand that from one moment to the next, everything can change and suffering can hit us and adversity can come, instead of using all of our energy trying to avoid bad things from happening, we focus our energy on enjoying the good that we're experiencing right now. Because it can be possible to get so caught up in what may happen that we forget that God's given us a lot of good. We're experiencing a lot of blessings right now in this moment. I was talking to a young woman whose six-month-old baby um, is in the hospital and hooked up to tubes, and she's not doing good, and mommy thought she was going to lose her baby girl, and somehow through a miracle, the nurses and the doctors, this baby's getting better. But mom's telling me, I don't know if... Like, I'll ever be the same again because I'm going to be so afraid now of any little thing that happens with my baby girl. I'm going to think now it's like the worst case scenario again. And I had the opportunity in that moment to, to reassure this woman, number one, that that fear is normal in response to uh, this kind of crisis and, and tragedy. And also, there is a possibility that something like this may happen again. That is a possibility. You, you, you can't pretend like the worst can't happen. However, because you've been through this, I bet you, I said to her, I bet you you're going to really start appreciating every moment that you have with your baby girl so much more. And in that sense, this experience has really been a blessing for you. Um, I have a buddy of mine who got a new apartment, and I was visiting him, and there's a gate. 
So, you know, you have to pull up to the gate and then you press some numbers so that it calls his phone and then he can let me into the gate. And when I went to press the button, it shocked me. Anybody ever had that? Like you go to the, you go to the door to open the car and it's like, ah, or you press something, ah. So that happened to me and it hurt a little bit. And uh, I go over my buddy's house a lot. So the next time that I went over and I put my window down to touch that thing, I was like shaking like this. I was like, oh, please don't. And that's happened at least 10 more times. I've pulled up to his house, put down my window, go to press the button scared. And only one time I got shocked. That's all it took. Just that one time I got shocked. Now, every time I go there and I roll down my window, I'm afraid that I'm going to get shocked again. And it's just like my, my body is just reacting in that way. Because as soon as I roll down my window and I see that button, I have an image of my past. <laughs> and it haunts me. <laughs> that's called trauma, people. <laughs> okay. But that's how it works with, with life. But really, there's nothing to be afraid of. May I get shocked again? Yeah. But all of these times that I've gone to his house and I've put the window down and I've pressed that button, I haven't gotten shocked. It only happened one time. I say that because how many times do we continue to relive our trauma? We relive our fears. And in the moment right now, there's, there's no reason to. But it's lodged in our mind, and we continue to do that over and over and over again. And so what's important is to learn how to keep our mind in the present moment, because we love to time travel. <laughs> our mind loves to time travel. We're in the past, and we're in the future. Very rarely are we right here, right now. If you could be right here, right now, without the past, without the future, it's totally brand new, filled with new opportunities. And the reality of it is your perspective of the past and your perspective of the future is always limited. You're never speaking of reality as it is. You're only experiencing reality as you perceive it to be. And it's important to know this because once you recognize that it's your perception that is creating your experience... You can do something about that. There are other ways to look at things. You're never just reporting the facts as they happen. You're reporting the facts as you interpreted them. You understand? My uncle uh, let me borrow his Oculus virtual reality headset. Anybody ever seen those? This is... This is how funny it is. Like, I took, actually took a selfie of myself. It was very hard to do this with it on, and I just wanted it for me. <laughs> I put the headset on, and I took a selfie of myself. It's ridiculous, but I have it now. My memory's forever. But this, has anybody ever worn a headset of the Oculus thing? So cool. Oh my gosh. And can you believe that I was watching Netflix on that thing? That my TV was right in front of me? But I'm like, I'd rather watch Netflix with the Oculus headset on because the TV screen that I'm looking at is like triple the size of mine through the virtual reality. You're looking at this huge, it looks like a movie screen in the virtual reality. And I was watching Netflix in a cabin in the middle of the mountains. <laughs> so like you, you have, you have the, the screen in front of you and then you go to the left and it's all these beautiful mountains outside. And then you go to the right, and it's this beautiful house. And there's an upstairs. I'm just waiting for someone to come down from the meta, uh, metaverse and, like, greet me. I'm like, this is incredible. This is incredible. There's one little game there where you get on a roller coaster. And I got a little scared. I was a little nervous. It feels so real. And I came across this video on Instagram about somebody who put on this headset and they played this game where you go on a really you you go on a really high building and you're walking on this plank and I want you to watch this look at how hilarious it is
Oh my gosh. Dude, the comment sections of that video, they went in on that woman. They're like, you're so messed up. How could you do that to your husband? You guys are going to get divorced. This is so crazy. And y'all look at that and you don't think that that will be you. But as soon as you put that headset on, boy, it feels like you're on top of that building and it is scary as heck. That is how powerful your mind is, that you can be in a virtual reality and your body is reacting as if you're really on top of this building about to fall off. But that game is messed up. Did you see how when she kicked him off, it's like he's actually falling? That's crazy. This is messed up, man. But the mind is so powerful. You can believe that something is real when it really isn't. Isn't that crazy? You can think something is real, and your body can react to that, and in reality, it is not. I was listening to this uh, neuroscientist from Stanford talk about this kind of stuff, and he was saying that our brains create our reality, and our brain tends to bend our perception of reality in order to meet our desires and expectations. Have any, has anybody heard of something called phantom limb syndrome? Wow, because I just like found out about it not too long ago. And that's also crazy, too. It's like somebody whose arm was amputated, but their brain is still feeling the pain of that limb that has been amputated. How in the world does that happen? We are essentially creating our experience of reality through the mechanism of our belief. So if you believe that the world is against you, that life is unfair, that bad things always happen to you, that is going to be how you experience your life. On the other hand, if you have a core conviction that everything that you go through in life is there to serve your spiritual evolution, your brain will bend your perception of reality in order to meet that desire and expectation. And that will be what is true for you. So for me, I don't even ultimately care about what the reality is. I just care about what feels good for me. Once you understand the relativity of thought and existence and perception, now you can bend it and play with it. And be very pragmatic about it. Does this way of interpreting this situation lead to peace? Or does it lead to dis-ease? Does this way of perceiving the situation fill me with strength and courage and confidence? Or does it lead me to discouragement and to insecurity and to a sense of lack? It's all about recognizing, especially in those moments when you're afraid, when things are dark, if you can just keep your mind open enough to recognize that there are other possibilities, there are higher possibilities, there are alternative poss possibilities when it comes to how you are seeing and perceiving whatever situation that you're in, this is how you can avoid becoming a victim to your own thinking. Because we're just conditioned to think the way that we do. And our thinking automatically goes towards negativity because that's just what we're used to. And that's all we know. So the scriptures talk about this practice of setting our minds on things above. Turning your thoughts towards God. Setting your mind on things above. Whenever a thought arises in your awareness, you can't help that. You can't avoid that. Thoughts just come. So when they come into your awareness, you can either follow that train of thought or you can take it in a different direction. The, the thoughts are harmless, by the way. But the moment you believe them, that's when they get you. That's when you're caught in the trap. But if a thought pops up in your mind and you just watch it, you don't believe it, you don't identify with it, you don't attach yourself to it, it's there and then it goes. It comes and then it goes. The moment you believe the thought, you impregnate it and it creates all these other little babies that are depressed and anxious and fearful and worried. That's how it works. And then you get stuck in this 
in this cycle that event, sometimes you feel like, how, do, how can I get out of this? But it was through the power of your belief that you began to create this process in you. Yeah. So it's about keeping your mind open because things are not always the way that they seem. Always remember that. Things are almost never the way that they initially seem. I was talking to a, a woman who was visiting a friend of hers who was just not in a good condition. She was only breathing because of machines. And she was unconscious for a very long time. And this woman says that her and her friends were praying so much for this woman because they would see her on that hospital bed and they were just having pity for her because she just looks, I mean, looks like a wreck. You don't like to see people that you love like that. And, and then you see them like this and you're like, oh my God, they're suffering so much. So they're all praying for this woman to come back. Right? Well, the lady finally comes back and can you believe that she's mad at God for bringing her back? She was like, I was so peaceful. It was so blissful. I saw the light. And y'all brought me back here? Can you imagine that? Like, you died, kind of. You're, you're with Jesus. You wake up. You see your friends praying. First thought in your mind is, why would y'all do this? Why would y'all bring me back here? I was doing fine. So, you know, now that woman got her own stuff she got to deal with with God, you know, because God brought her back. So, you know, have some sort of appreciation. You got some purpose here. But, you know, it's so easy to look at someone in that situation and think the worst. You, we project all this suffering. That's why I've heard enough stories like this that when I see somebody in a condition like that, I don't, I don't, they may be having the most blissful experience of their life. And you don't know. You really don't know. So the reason why I bring all of this up is because New Year's is about hitting that reset button. And hitting the reset button begins and ends with how you're seeing and perceiving reality. In uh, the Jewish tradition, they actually don't celebrate their New Year on January 1st. For them, it's during the festival of Rosh Hashanah which literally means head of the year. So that's the beginning of the Jewish calendar. And the entire festival of Rosh Hashanah is, is centered around certain spiritual values that the Jews remember and that they talk about and rehearse during this month so that they can start their new year off fresh. And I want to kind of go through some of these themes with you that I think will be really important. The first one is introspection. The beginning of the year is a wonderful opportunity to take some time to self-assess, to self-evaluate, and to be honest with your self-evaluation and assessment. One of the uh, rituals that they do, because this whole month is filled with rituals and things of that sort to remind them of these spiritual values and qualities that they want to embody. And uh, one of these rituals that they do is, uh, I forgot what it's called, but they basically go to a body of water and they pray a prayer from the book of Micah where the scriptures say that God casts your sins into the ocean. And so they pray this prayer and the whole idea of doing this is you're casting off, you're throwing off your sins, you're throwing off all of the negative energy that you've accumulated over the year so that you can start fresh. But in order to do this, you first have to be honest about what it is you've been carrying that you got to let go. And that's the hard part that a lot of us don't want to do because self-assessment and self-evaluation hurts. It's difficult to do that. But it's like a surgery, you know. You got to go through the pain first, and then you'll get better. But it's going to hurt first, but then eventually it'll get better on the other side of that pain. That's how it works when you practice introspection. I was talking to a buddy of mine who 
was sharing with me a lot of this research that he's been doing on people who have near-death experiences, kind of like the lady that I was uh, talking to you about. And I've, there's also a documentary on Netflix that I watched that was very fascinating to me. I also forgot the name of that. But, um, yeah, I know. Hey, I went to bed at 3 a.m. last night, all right, guys? I'm, I'm on fumes, but we're doing it. Who, who went to bed the latest last night? Wow, 4.30, really? Party animals, man. Six? Our drummer said six, guys. That's crazy. <laughs> and you're still here, man. Great. God loves you. So anyways, one of, the, one of the common experiences that people have when they have these near-death moments is something called life review. So it's this notion of my life flashed before my eyes. You know, it's this phenomenon of, of watching the totality of your life history just fly before you in your consciousness. Wow. And in these moments of life review, a lot of these people report that they begin to become aware, sometimes for the first time, of all of the ways that their actions have impacted the people around them in ways un unbeknownst to them. And you start realizing the meaning of your life. You start uh, recognizing the effect that you have had on, on the people around you. And it, it's a moment of deep introspection where people come back and their lives are totally changed and transformed because they, they wake up to themselves. They wake up to themselves. Well, guess what? We don't have to wait until something like that happens, until you die, to have a life review. You can do a life review every day. You can do a life review every night where you just kind of examine your ways and the way that your life has impacted people around you, and then you course correct and you start over as you need to. So it's helpful on the spiritual journey to look ahead at what you need to let go of. And you may not be ready to let go of that bad habit right now, but just looking ahead and, and saying, I know that at some point this is what I'm going to need to let go of so that I can grow and evolve. Just the act of doing that can help create a willingness and a receptivity in you that enables you to do that much more easily when the time comes. And the reality is, what time are we waiting for? If it's not now, then when? So think, of, think about some of those things that you may want to let go of. Practice this deep introspection and see what God reveals to you. What is it that you want to change? What are some new directions that you want to take? What are some boundaries that you need to set? Uh, the second thing that is emphasized during uh, the Jewish New Year is repentance. And this is a scary word for a lot of us because it's filled with guilt and shame. But repentance simply means to, to turn around or to return to return to the truth of who you are, to return to the core of your being. Sometimes when we act out of alignment with who we are, we'll say things like, that was out of character for me. You know, so to return back to your true self, that is what this movement of repentance is about. And a part of this is learning how to make amends. This is a very simple and powerful way to become more peaceful and happier in the new year. Make amends. Two ways to do that. You mend broken relationships and you mend your actions. Ideally, you can do both, right? Mend a broken relationship and mend your actions. But sometimes you can't mend the relationship because reconciliation takes two parties. And also sometimes you just don't feel like reconciling with somebody and there ain't nothing wrong with that. Because you can love people from far away. I love you, and I also don't want you in my life. And that's totally okay. But you also want to keep your heart open and be willing to, whenever the Spirit leads you, to take the initiative to repair things with, with certain folks. I, I really believe that sometimes we give up on our relationships too easy. We got to learn how to love people through their dysfunction. That's the only way deep relationships can actually happen. If we're not willing to stick 
with it for the long haul with folks, even through their dysfunction, even through the issues that they bring to the table. We're never going to experience the depth of love that God has in store for us when it comes to the people that he's placed in our lives. So again, this doesn't mean you have to do this with everybody, but who is it that God may be asking you to take that first step, take the initiative to repair something? Jesus was big on this to the point where he's like, don't even come to worship. Don't bring a gift to the altar if you still are holding something against somebody. Go take care of that first, then you come here and worship because you can sing all these songs and you can meditate and levitate and do all these things. <laughs> but if you're bitter, if you're angry, if you talk smack and if you're always gossiping and if you're always putting other people down, you think you know God, but you have no idea. You're playing yourself. That's right. You're playing yourself. So, yeah, this takes time. It's not easy. It's difficult. But Keep your heart open. God, what are some of these relationships you want me to mend? And then, of course, there, sometimes we make such a mess of things that it's other people that don't want to mend the relationship with us. And we have to be okay with that, too, and give them their space and allow them to have their boundaries. And maybe that relationship cannot be mended, but I can... Mend my actions. I can be a different person from this moment on. And over time, people will come to see that you are different. You don't always have to be talking about, oh, I'm a, I'm a new person. I'm a different person. Just let your actions speak for themselves. And over time, that will speak so much louder than your words. This leads to the, to the third one, which is forgiveness. Okay, what a great way to reset your life. Forgiveness. Letting go of that bitterness. There's um, a story I heard about a, a, a teacher, a guru, who had a, a disciple, and he asked him, how is your spiritual progress coming along? And the disciple said, well, it's going great. I've managed to devote every moment of my waking day to God. And the teacher said, well, that's great to hear. Now all that's left is for you to forgive your enemies. And the student was like, what do you mean forgive my enemies? I, I don't have any hatred or anger towards my enemies. And the teacher said, well, does God have any hatred or anger towards you? No. And don't you still ask God to forgive you? Yes, exactly. So you continue to forgive your enemies because just by practicing this forgiveness, even if there's not any anger, or hostility, or bitterness in your heart, you're purifying yourself. You're cleansing yourself. And it's so important to do this, at least I've noticed for me, with the minor offenses. There's a bunch of like minor little offenses that we deal with. <laughs> you know what I mean? You guys felt where that was coming from from me, right? Like, you know, like there's little situations like someone, man, it's like I told you something, not so that you can tell the other person that I said that. I just told you that, bro. So why are you not, you know, that happens all the time. We're parrots. We are parrots. Human beings are parrots. And I can't even, I can't even get mad at other people because I, I used to be the worst. And sometimes I, and I do it unintentionally. Like, oh, yeah, so-and-so said this. <gasps> Sorry. <laughs> you know, but like little things like there's these little micro offenses that we don't think they're big enough to actually have to forgive. But the reality is we carry this little bitterness inside of us over that. And we collect more and more. And we don't think we need to forgive because it's not a big deal. It was just a small little thing. I can look over it. But in reality, you're holding on to it and it's building up. And one day, somebody who really didn't do much to you is going to get the full brunt of your force because you did not practice forgiveness in all those little ways. So forgiveness is just something that should continually flow from us. Every day, doesn't matter what, I, just forgiveness. And you know, don't, please don't go tell, you don't have to tell someone, I forgive you, okay, for what you did. <laughs> it's just between you and God. Just between you and God. You practice this forgiveness, and it's a beautiful way to keep your heart clean. I love this prayer from the book of Psalms, where David says just that. He says, create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. This is a daily thing. God, create 
in me a clean heart. Forgiveness is what cleans your heart up. Repentance is what cleans your heart up. Introspection is what cleans your heart up. And this is something that we constantly are doing. God, renew a right spirit within me. The next one, which I love, is celebration. And we talked about this a little earlier during the announcements. But something else that the Jews do during the uh, festival of Rosh Hashanah is they take a piece of bread and they take apple slices and they dip it in honey. And that honey symbolizes the sweetness of God's provision and God's blessing. So you look back and you celebrate God's provision. Yes, I went through a lot of loss. Yes, I went through a lot of pain. But look at what came from that. And also look at these prayers that were answered. And also look at this beautiful blessing that I'm walking in. Take some time to appreciate and celebrate all of the good that God has done. All throughout the Hebrew scriptures, um, the Jewish people would make this practice of remembering Sometimes they would create like little altars with stones and things like that to commemorate uh, moments of God's deliverance and God's liberation. And, and, I mean, that's what Passover was all about, right? They're celebrating when God took them out of Egypt. And thousands and thousands of years later, that moment is still being celebrated by those people. So we can do the same. We can create little altars of remembrance in our heart and in our mind. This is when God really uh, came through for me in a powerful way. And God can do it again. And God can do it again and again and again. And then that leads to the last one, which is anticipation. During the festival of Rosh Hashanah, the Jews had this belief, the ancient Jews had this belief that God would open up the books of life and death and he would inscribe their fate for the upcoming year. God would determine their destiny for the upcoming year. And whatever that was, whether it was going to be good or bad or positive or negative, they were looking forward with anticipation to experiencing the sweetness of God's goodness and God's blessing in the new year. Anticipation. And it has nothing to do with how your circumstances are going. Like I said, it can be positive or it can be negative. But I know no matter what I'm going through, that God's always good. So I can look forward with anticipation to whatever it is that's going to happen because it's all working for me, for my growth, for my evolution, and for God's glory. And so it's good also to take some time to visualize for yourself as we head into this new year, visualize God's highest vision for your life in this new year, and then experience it as if it's already done and it's already completed. So Jesus, when he was teaching his disciples to pray, said, when you pray, believe that you have received those things that you're asking for and they will be yours. So, you know, sometimes uh, in some uh, charismatic traditions of the church, they'll talk about name it and claim it. You know, name it and claim it. But it's this idea that what you're asking for you already possess and it's already yours. I like to think about it as thanking God in the past tense. God, I thank you that you've already given me everything that I need to walk in peace, to walk in love, to walk in joy, to walk in harmony. God, I thank you that I am stepping into the opportunities that you have already created for me since before I was born. You knew that this moment would come. I thank you that I'm walking into this already. You just thank God in the past tense as if it already happened. You receive it as if it's already yours. And uh, this keeps you from coming from a place of, of need and lack. If you need the peace, if you need the joy, you're you don't have it. You're, you're coming from this place of lack. So how can it show up in your experience if you're needy? But if you come from a place of fullness and abundance, God, I thank you that you've already given this to me. And you start to feel it. Now it's in you and you just walk in it. And that's how it works. And so... These uh, four questions are really good for us to, to look over. I borrowed these from a guy named uh, Michael Beckwith. He says, number one, what is spirit's high vision for my life? So take a moment to just think about what that is. What is God's highest vision for my life? What is my role in bringing this about? 
then what must I release in order for the highest outcome to come about? And lastly, what spiritual quality must I embrace in order for this to happen? If you do all of this, I know that uh, things will change in a positive direction. You will see things in a totally new way, and you'll walk into um, some incredible things that God has always had in store for you. Sometimes we just, we don't see it. We miss it. And so that's my prayer for each and every one of us that as we step into this new year, uh, we would use this as an opportunity to um, question our perception, reevaluate the way that we're looking at things, and then also go through this process of self-assessing, returning to our truest and deepest nature, forgiving people who have harmed us or hurt us, celebrating all of the things that God has done in our past, and looking forward to what is to come with anticipation and hope, knowing that God is always good, even when our circumstances may not be. Let's pray. God, we thank you for a new year, a new chapter, and an opportunity to hit the reset button. God, we are so grateful that you have already given to us everything that we need to walk in newness of life. The scriptures say that you are constantly making all things new. Your mercies are new every morning. And so we receive this newness of life and love and blessing that you have in store for us. And we look forward with anticipation to everything that you're going to do this year. Through all of the challenges and all of the difficulties, we know that you are still God. You are still in control. You are still good. And for that, we, we just say thank you. We pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Happy New Year, everybody. We did it. January 1st. Hey, don't forget. Our anniversary's coming up really soon. Invite some friends. Get them here. It's going to be a party. Love you guys. Love you. See ya.